Back in my dieting days, I could never understand how some people could just eat two squares of chocolate and then somehow save the rest for later. Honestly, I was envious of those people and I really wanted to be like them because I would just eat the whole chocolate bar. So it wasn't a temptation for later. That's until I realized that mindful eating is actually just a bunch of skills that I could learn and honestly, you can learn too. So now that I've become an elusive two piece of chocolate type of person, I've created this Stop Struggling With Food Guide to help you let go of those impulsive eating habits too. You'll learn things like how come you keep eating even after you're full, why you snack while you're busy making dinner and how to stop emotional eating after a ridiculous or tiring day. It's practical, it's affordable, and it's loaded with 50 of my favorite recipes as well. Check the link in my show notes to get the Stop Struggling With Food Guide. Oh, hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the No Wellness Mindcreep Podcast. I am your co-host, Lindy Cohen, dietitian, nutritionist, and kind of still in a bit of maternity leave, but here I am. And I'm joined by Jenna DePeace, who's come into the office today on a weekend to yes. record this. Hi guys. Yes, this is Jenna. I'm loving seeing Lindy, a little maternity leave break. We haven't seen each other in ages, so we have so much to catch up on. First point, in your maternity leave, obviously I couldn't pop in while you're mid-baby, so you recorded an episode on your own, and it was all about wanting to lose weight, needing to lose weight after you've just had your beautiful little girl, Charlie. And I noticed in the episode, as I was editing, listening, loving it with you, that you were a bit nervous to talk about losing weight having that feeling of wanting to lose weight. Why was that? Yeah, (laughs) so many reasons. Um, Firstly, I feel like in the non-dieting world, I didn't, okay, I didn't want people to see me after several months and be like, oh, she's lost weight. And for me to be like, oh, it was just a coincidence. It just fell off me because never in my life has weight just fallen off me. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's not like I just went back to my life and ate intuitively and here I am. Yeah, like people are like, oh, I breastfed and then I just couldn't keep the weight on. No, these <laughs> that's not the kind of person that I am. That's never been me. And so I didn't want to be like, in a way, not talking about it felt inauthentic to just try and hide that and be like, hey, I am working on something in the background. But I sometimes feel like the missing piece in this non-diet world is talking directly about weight loss. I feel like there are people who go, all right, well, I'm going to fix my, my relationship with food. I'm going to stop eating to have disordered eating. I'm going to create a healthy relationship with food. And then they get to the goal and they're like, okay, now what? I still feel like I exist in a larger body. Maybe I feel uncomfortable. What do I do? Do I just spend the rest of my life perpetually buying larger clothes? Is, is this it? And I feel like people end up ditching non-dieting because they're like, well, I'm, I'm going to go back to dieting because I do still want to lose weight. And as a result, by not talking about it, I think we're missing some people. And I, I just don't think that, I think we can kind of maybe have it all. Yeah. Cause there is a difference between wanting to lose weight because you hate the body you exist in, as opposed to you feel better at a smaller size. Yeah. And I talked about in the last episode, how I had this plantar, plantar fasciitis. I still have it, but even in the last six weeks, it is so much better. I feel like I'm walking so much easier. I still have pain, but I'm noticing by the things I'm doing, I'm already feeling so much better. So should you just have to suffer in your body and be like, well, I just like myself and you, you can like yourself and you should like yourself. Um, which brings me on perfectly onto the first thing I want to talk about is this idea of so often when we pursue weight loss, we pursue it because we hate how we look. And we're like, I hate my body. I don't like it. What I'm doing right now is I really like 
my body and I'm coming from it, coming to it from that perspective. And I think that's really kind of critical. Um, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I think I'm kind of, I was saying to you, like in the episode, you talked about how you've felt really good about your body and had a great relationship with food for like 10 years. And now you're having your children and now you're thinking you want to lose weight. But for people like I feel in the journey where I am, and I think a lot of other people would be at that similar point where you're eating intuitively and you're feeling so much better in your body and you've bought bigger clothes and you're feeling so much better. But now I've got the point where I'm like, I feel like I need to buy bigger clothes again, like for a second time. And I'm like, I'm, I'm scared because I don't want to diet. I'm feeling so much better in my life, but then I also know my life's going to get harder in terms of, and I know this is a, a weird worry, but it's like I'm kind of at like the biggest size of all the normal clothes that I buy. So it's like where do I go from there? Do I – it would just make my life a lot harder. So it's coming from an angle. It's not because I hate myself. It's not because I have a problem with existing in a larger body. It's just that I'd have to throw everything I own away because like – nothing would start to fit me. And then when do I stop? Do I just keep going and going? Because obviously something in the way that I'm eating or moving isn't lining up for me just staying the same. Mm. Let's get into the tangible aspects of where, where to from here. Yeah. I think one of the key things, and I talk about this in the book, so I actually just don't, I don't think this conversation is contrary to anything I talk about in the book. It's just kind of maybe building on some of the concepts because um, one of the things I've been noticing that I've been doing is the asking myself the question, can I do this for the rest of my life? Which is one of the questions I pose in the book. So one of the things I've started doing is exercising every day. Now, yeah. I can imagine doing this in four years, in 10 years, in 20 years. I always want to be someone who moves my, my body every single day. I was going to say, sometimes when you say the phrase, I need to exercise every day, that sounds like I could never do that. But if you reframe it, I just need to move my body every day. It's like we're human beings that are made for moving. Of course you should move every day. Like we're not made to stay still. Yeah. And beyond that, I want to do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there is nothing in me that goes, oh, I need to do my Pilates today. I really have to like, get, no, I can't wait to get out the door and go for a walk. I can't wait to feel stronger. And I think that is what's so important is when thinking about adding in exercise, whether or not you want to go, I can I talk about the whole daily exercise thing for me. I've always found that if I go, if I, I have to exercise three times a week, or four times a week, and then, you know, you miss a session, you miss a few sessions, then it becomes two times a week. And then I think it's very easy to go, well, I've, you know, I've messed up. Not that yeah. you have, but I think that's kind of where the brain goes. Whereas for me, I go, you know, I like to exercise. I like to move my body every day. And as a result, if I miss a few days, I still end up exercising and moving my body four to five times a week. And I feel amazing. Am I doing it for an hour each day? No, like I'm going, I'm doing my you know, like this my, is it. my mental health walks, but I'm like, it's 20 minutes of Pilates of which five minutes is me stretching and breathing. <laughs> this is what I mean. It doesn't have to be big. Like sometimes I know I'm really busy at work and I've done something like I won't have time to go to the gym or anything formal. So then after I've eaten my lunch at work, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to go for a 15 minute walk around the block. I don't need to get changed. I already, I'm not a corporate gal with high heels. Like I already wear shoes. I can walk in. I'm like, I can just go for a walk for 10, 15 minutes around and just like 
stretch my legs. This is it. We need to lower the bar to what we think of about moving our bodies yeah. is it's not hectic. It's not crazy. Of course you could be someone, listen, I prefer to go to the gym two to three times a week and do an hour session. Whatever works for you. That is the very point of this. But for me, it's like this idea of I, I feel better every single day that I move my body. I'm always like afterwards, I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. This yes. is really good for me. I can feel it. And especially with something like my plantar fasciitis, I feel like it is improving because I'm building so much muscle and strength. It's helping to reduce that pain. So the moving qu- every day. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one way, but I think what's really important is coming back to that question. Can I do this for the rest of my life? So do you want to be someone who, you know, how do you want to move your body how often, what do you think is actually truly sustainable? I think when we've previously tried to lose weight, so think about back in the diet world, it's been very much like, oh, I'm going to, right, I'm starting now. And what we do is we do a few really bad things. One is we're like, cool, I take before and after photos. So I think that is a very disordered thing to do. I still don't back that as like anything we should be doing because what it does is it centers everything about how our body looks, which is not what we want to be doing. Um, But at the same time, if your body's changing, you are going to feel it in your clothes. So I think what we're going on is less about how we look, but more about the feeling. And I think that's really important. The other thing we do is like a a really bad habit is we're like, we do these huge pendulum swings where we go, okay, cool. So I'm starting now, I'm starting my weight loss journey. Majority of people I speak to and what I used to do in my diet days is I'd go pretty extreme. So I'd really eat as few calories as I possibly could, or I'd cut out carbs. Meal prep, all this really bland food, and you're just going to eat this same thing for the next week. Yeah, and I'd really, yeah, totally undercut myself. And I'd really, what, what happens, especially if you've tried countless diets, is that your body's your metabolism can react quite quickly to that. You firstly, physiologically, your body's like, okay, well, we need to hold on to everything because food feels insecure right now. Um, I saw this quote that I really love. It's um, you gasp for air if you've been holding your breath and you binge on food if you feel like you haven't been allowed to have any. Um, And so what we also do in doing this is we're creating that sense of, you know, there's the mental shift of going, oh, the diet started and I have to now try and eat as much as I possibly can. So what I'm not doing is I'm not doing this. I'm not going, okay, cool. There is a line in the sand and this is where I've started to lose weight. No, I'm just going, okay, cool. What can I do? And these small little micro habits that are built up over time that are going to accumulate into and the end result in, in some weight loss. I feel like I'm being vague though, and I want to be a bit more specific. How do you feel? Do you feel like you want to ask me some specific yes, questions? I to, so I would think like a good example is my friend, she made like this Mars bar slice and she came over. I just moved. She's like, I made Mars bar slice. I'm like, incredible. Bring it over. We need that to unpack. Anyway, we had some and this was like a week ago. And this morning I saw, oh, there's still some in the fridge. And I'm like, that to me, I'm like, oh my God, I fully forgot it was there. Like I'm not troweling the fridge all the time. Like that's an incredible change. And I'm so happy with that. This is why my biggest fear is I don't want to have the mindset, oh, I need to lose weight because then I feel like I'll instantly go back on all the good progress I had. So it's like, how do you think that you want to lose weight without actually 
thinking you want to lose weight. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think that as the minute you switch your mind into I want to lose weight, you start to go, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. Exactly. And I don't want that. I just don't want to. And I think it's a difference between I maybe I don't even want to lose weight. I just don't want, I don't want to keep putting on weight. Mm. I Listen, I think there are some things that we can do that are contributing to good health that also have a side effect of losing weight. Yeah. And I think that's what we should be adding in. Those things are like, okay, listen, I'm going to feel better from it. This is going to benefit my health. And oh, as a coincidence, I may lose weight as a result. So for example, what researchers did is they told a bunch of people, okay, here are some processed foods. And they gave them a whole bunch of things to eat that we typically would find in a supermarket. And they said, just eat until you feel satisfied. And they found that these people simply by be given, giving, being given these processed foods ate 500 calories more than compared to when they were eating whole foods. Now, should you eat whole foods because it's going to help you lose weight? No, but it's going to do all these brilliant things. Like it has increased fiber. It tends to have less sugar and less fat added to it. But is it a side effect that you might end up losing weight by eating more whole foods? It is. So then the question is, well, what changes would you be willing to make for the rest of your life that are going to be health promoting? And some of them are going to have a a side influence of impacting your weight. So then I guess the question to you is, is there, are there any health habits that you feel like, okay, I feel like I'm willing to add that in that doesn't feel restrictive because what is restrictive? Um, I think when, I think it depends on how you're feeling about it. You know, what was once a diet rule that felt restrictive and controlling can one day feel like something that actually helps you eat healthier. You know, I'll give you an example. Like um, sometimes people feel like aiming to eat five serves of vegetables a day can feel like a diet rule. But to me, now that I've got this really healthy relationship with food, eating five serves of vegetables today feels really supportive and nice. Yeah. So then the question is, well, what would you be willing to try and add in? What are you willing to do for the rest of your life? I think for me, it's probably, and I know you talk about this all the time, making more time to go for walks because I've gone to bed earlier. I think that is probably one of the biggest things because my brain is so active at night and I'm I always, and I try to, I do so much just talking to myself. I'm like literally laying there being like, brain, this is not the time for problem solving. We are not problem solving. <laughs> we are relaxing because I'm just like spitballing ideas in my head. And then I go to sleep late. Then I don't want to wake up. And I feel like, and it's funny that the thing that I thought of instantly actually had nothing to do with food. Yes. Absolutely. And in the book, I, I, your weight is not the problem. I give you the hierarchy of healthy habits and sleep Sleep is at the very bottom, the cornerstone of all of this. Something that we don't even think about when it comes to weight loss, but it's so fundamental to managing our, our hormones, managing what we eat, our appetite, all those kinds of really crucial things. So the question is then, well, what are you willing to do to help yourself get to sleep a little bit earlier and get mm. better quality sleep? And those are the changes. And then in a few months time, be like, okay, has this had any impact? The issue with all of this is a very slow process. This is what I was going to say. You have to trust the slow process. Yeah. And it may or may not impact your weight. And regardless, if you get better quality sleep, you're going to feel better. So it's a win. You're still winning the game. And I think this is the difference when you're doing something that may or may not impact your weight, but you're not hating your body or your weight, then that's okay. Yes, because you don't have to go for that short-term kind of weight loss goal. I'm not in some desperate diet need to lose weight immediately. So you can enjoy the slower process when you have a better relationship with food and your body. Yeah. Coming back to the time when I lost, you know, as I recovered from my eating disorder and then over four years I lost 
20 kilograms. I just want to reiterate again that that was over four years. So it was a really slow process. I was adding in these micro habits. I was changing fundamentally. And that was a hundred grams a week. So if you're hopping on the scale, yeah. then you're not going to be seeing, you're, you're going to go, well, why am I bothering to get to sleep earlier? Like it, if you literally said to people, I lost five kilos in a year, yeah. they would have been like, cool. But also great. Amazing. <laughs> like, but it's, but no one would, no one would want that. Yeah. They don't want to do it over a year, but it's so much better to do something over a year and it's not causing you any stress during the year or after the year and it's never coming back. Yeah, exactly. And you need to start to take that long-term view about it. I think we need to ditch this idea of um, this is how much is a healthy weight loss per week. I used to be told when I went to my dietitian that it was like half a kilo to a kilo a week was considered healthy weight loss. And now I look at that and I'm like – Mind blowing. Yeah, that's not that's, <laughs> that's humongous, humongous weight to lose in a week. That's like to get that, you have to fundamentally change everything about your life. And even still, my my body, my metabolism would slow down to a halt if I tried to lose that much weight because once again, my body would freak out. Yeah, where, where's everything going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to. I would cling to the cling to the extra fat that I have. Um, okay, cool. So what we know is we're going to be adding in these these habits that feel good. As a result, you might be ending up losing a little bit of weight of it, but it's certainly not the goal. And this brings me to the other thing is about weighing ourselves or not to weigh ourselves. This is the thing. <laughs> I see. And my mom has the diet mindset. She's always like, I just, I feel good, but I just weigh myself. So I know that I'm not putting on too much weight or it's getting out of my hands. Okay. And if she did, if it was, you know, quote unquote, getting out of hand. Exactly. That's a, what what would she do? Like, I don't know, go on a diet. Exactly. So, so I think I am terrified to get on the scales because I just don't think I would want to know the number, but I think that that shows there is still work to do because I know the number would really impact me more than the number should impact me. Amen, amen. And I think for most people who have a history of dieting, disordered eating, hopping on the scale is going to be mightily triggering. The yes. fact that you are, that you're like, I don't want to ha- step on the scale is just indication that you absolutely should not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there are very few people who can hop on the scale and not get triggered by it. Very few. You have to have a very rock solid relationship with food before you can hop on the scale and not think it's any indication of your worth because we are told throughout our lives that we would be happier, better if we weighed less and very tricky for it not to trigger you into restrictive eating and mindsets. The question is, do you need to weigh yourself? Probably not. I feel like you. Can, there's so many in my clothes that you can just feel like, oh, these jeans feel better. Yeah. These jeans feel worse. I think clothes are a lot better um, gauge than the scale because you can let go of it a lot easier than Mm. just this flashing number of like, I know that number. I hate that number. That number triggers me. Yeah. And we know this from past diet attempts that the scale is really an inaccurate measure. Firstly, it's not measuring fat versus muscle versus organs slash bone. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally just everything. Water water retention. Yeah. So let's say you started exercising at the same time you're building muscle. You're let's say you are losing weight, um, fat, then it's not going to reflect any of that. Let's say you eat soup for dinner and it's high sodium. You're going to retain more water. Let's say it's your period. You're going to have a hell of a lot more weight. Let's say you haven't done a really big poo, you know, there's a lot of factors, (laughs) a lot of factors that impact what you weigh. And I just think it's a very, um, 
triggering an unuseful mechanism. So let's say, for example, people like, let's say you add in sleep. You're like, okay, I'm going to start sleeping and you're weighing yourself and that's how you're going to measure whether or not this habit is worth keeping. And after two months, if you hopped on the scale and you were like, oh, well, I've actually gained a kilogram, do you think you're still going to commit to doing this sleep thing? Probably not. No, because like you were hinged. You'd be disheartened. You'd be disheartened. You would be. And and I think that is what's really important to ask. So if you feel like you could weigh yourself and not blink and just think it's totally a neutral number and it's just a metric and not at all be triggered, of course, you do you. <laughs> you go for it. You go. You do your life. But But I think for most people, if you've got a history, I wouldn't recommend it. So I think the takeaway I'm getting from you here is if you're thinking – you are wanting to lose weight, but you are happy with your body and you're happy with your relationship with food, then it's just picking a small habit, including it for a month or two until it feels second nature, and then maybe introducing another new habit. Yeah. And doing it forever. Yeah. Like each new habit, you'd go, this is the new, this is the now the way I am. We're not going yeah. back from there. Whether or not it's, you know, working on how fast you eat, which is like, I'm kind of interested in like how slowly I eat at the moment, or whether it's adding in an extra, you know, a daily walk, whether or not it's adding in an extra serve of vegetables, whether it's every time you snack, you're going, look, I'm going to try to get my serves of fruit, get my yogurt and getting those options, whatever it is, picking your healthy habits and going, right, we're going to add those in until and become curious about what happens from there. I feel like we can have more conversations about this in the future because you're right, there is a gap in the information and the resources available to people in this space of I want to eat intuitively, but maybe I do need to lose weight to feel better. Where do I go? There's a lot of divides in the non-dieting community of where do I sit? Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for a part three. Everyone, thanks for listening to today's episode. I really would value your opinions. Also, if you listen to the podcast episode where Tracy shared her real story, I would love to hear from you if you're keen to share your story or have a free one-on-one session with me where we record it. You can remain anonymous, of course. And I think it'd be very useful for other people to hear other stories so we can all feel a bit united and I'd be happy to answer any of your questions. Thanks for listening. If you can, leave us a review in the app store and Spotify, wherever you're listening. And we'll see you next time. Hey, I've got a question for you. Does binge eating feel like your dirty secret? And are you sick of trying to be good, but falling off the bandwagon and losing control around food? If so, I can help. Binge Free Academy teaches you how to beat binge eating and feel in control around food giving you doable evidence-based strategies. You'll get lifetime access to 30 practical step-by-step video lessons, 12 group coaching calls with me, and become part of my Binge Free Academy community for life. As a recovered binge eater, I get it. I know there's no quick fix or one-stop shop for binge eating. And so that's why I want to give you the ongoing support and care you need and deserve. And I'm so confident it will help you that I'm offering you a 30-day money-back guarantee. So no risk, all reward. You can take control over your food and your life. And I think it's the best investment you'll ever make towards reclaiming your life, your health, and your happiness. To learn more about Binge Free Academy, you can click the link in the show notes or go to lindycohen.com slash binge-free-academy.